Chapters twenty four through twenty six of the Story of the French Revolution by Ernest Belfort Bax. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty four The Babeuf Conspiracy and End of the French Revolution. The insurrection of Vendemiaire gave a slight check to the reaction which had, up to this time, gone unimpeded. The majority of the convention, much as they dreaded a return of real revolutionary government, were too much involved politically and economically in the revolution to be able to tolerate a complete relapse to the old regime. What they desired was a plutocratic republic in which money should take the place of privilege and a wealthy middle class succeed to the power of the old noblesse and the crown and the new constitution with its council of five hundred its senate of ancients its directorate its property qualification and its indirect suffrage seemed admirably calculated to ensure this end on the twenty sixth of october the national convention proclaimed itself dissolved after an existence of three years and a month and the elections were held and the directory established shortly after one result of the events of the fifth october thirteenth vendemiaire was not unnaturally a greater toleration of the popular party many of whom had taken up arms on the last mentioned date against the common enemy the royalists the democrats established a club for purposes of political discussion at the pantheon which was for some time unmolested by the new government viz the directory the leader of the club was gracchus babeuf who obtained the title tribune of the people he had occupied an obscure government post during the terror but had not hitherto played any important part in the revolution the society of the pantheon grew daily in numbers and with it grew the influence of babeuf the members at length ventured to repair to their meeting-place in arms and whispers of a projected insurrection soon made themselves heard the directory thereupon became alarmed and on the twenty sixth of february seventeen ninety six eighth ventose four peremptorily closed the pantheon and forbade any further meetings of the club the followers of babeuf among whom were the remnant of the old commune and committees and of course all the old jacobins then resorted to direct conspiracy and managed to win over the legion of police but here again they were outwitted by the directory which immediately disarmed and disbanded this body the babevis as they were called now assembled secretly in a place they named the temple of reason and concerted measures for an organized insurrection and attack on the governing bodies they succeeded in rallying in a short time most of the revolutionary elements of france it was now agreed to form a new convention of which the nucleus was to be such a remnant of the old mountain as death prescription and desertion had left armed bands were suddenly to march from several points concentrically upon the directory and councils the babevists believed themselves sure of the military stationed at the camp of grenelle and an officer named grisel was in their confidence everything was arranged up to the night of the projected movement two placards were about to be posted up one bearing the words constitution of seventeen ninety three liberty equality and general happiness the other the motto those who usurp supreme power ought to be put to death by free men and the signal was agreed upon for action when the chiefs were suddenly surprised and arrested in their council chamber may tenth they had been betrayed by grisel babeuf while in prison wrote to the directors suggesting a compromise he was nevertheless with the other leaders sent before the new high court of vendome 
on the seventh of september following while they were still awaiting their trial their followers to the number of some hundreds made an armed attack on the luxembourg the palace of the directors but were repulsed by the guards placed there for its defence they then proceeded to the camp of grenelle in the hope of raising the military in which they were again unsuccessful being met by determined resistance a sharp skirmish followed ending in the complete rout of the insurgents who left a large number of dead on the field this was the last attempt of the democracy to recover its position almost all the leaders and organizers of the babeuf movement were executed by the sentence of military commissions and numbers of other persons were imprisoned and exiled babeuf himself and d'arty the late secretary of Le bon, after acquitting themselves during their trial in a manly manner fully avowing their principles stabbed themselves to death with daggers on hearing their sentence the objects of babeuf and his followers were definitely and frankly communistic which cannot be said of any other of the revolutionary parties babeuf himself who by the side of marat chaumette clutz and pache may be regarded as one of the noblest and most disinterested of all the leaders of the time if in his theoretical scheme he was the first of the utopian socialists also forestalled in his notion of the necessity of taking possession of the political power one of the foremost principles of the modern socialist movement with the final extinction of the party of babeuf in september seventeen ninety six after which the french democracy never again rallied the french revolution as a distinct event in history may be considered to come to an end from the meeting of the states-general in may seventeen eighty nine to the date just mentioned was only a little more than seven years but what an experience france and europe had passed through since camille desmoulins delivered his famous harangue in the palais royal gardens on that july day in eighty nine when revolutionary ardour seemed so single in its purpose how many parties had been consumed how many enthusiasms had been burnt out with the forlorn attempt of the babevists on grenelle revolutionary fervour gasped its last breath the bourgeois had conquered the day of the proletarian was not yet in spite of his temporary accession to power during the great revolutionary years the events succeeding the collapse of the babeuf movement may be signalized in a few sentences the populace of paris and the other large cities gradually settled down into a private life of toil and hardship and an indifference to public affairs the wealthy classes plunged into every form of speculation and extravagance the new middle-class republic became apparently every day more consolidated it flourished at home under the director barat and his colleagues of whom carnot was one and abroad under its new general bonaparte conquest again followed conquest new republics on the model of the french sprung up like mushrooms in holland liguria lombardy sardinia switzerland etc the fresh elections in may seventeen ninety seven nevertheless yielded a royalist majority in the councils the upshot of which was that barat and the majority of the directors by the following september when things had come to a crisis had to call in the aid of the army under general augereau to overawe the legislature this succeeded and a large number of members including some rats of the old dantonist party were exiled on the ground of royalist intrigues to overthrow the republic carnot and barthelemy were driven from the directory the latter now became practically a dictatorship with barat as head dictator most of the powers tired of prosecuting an adverse war were glad to make terms of peace england was soon the only belligerent remaining 
but the directory without money and having only the armies to fall back upon could not afford to bring about a complete cessation of hostilities bonaparte after having subdued the continent about this time returned to paris the most popular man in france barat feeling his presence dangerous at home invited him at once to undertake the task of subduing the british power he readily acceded and the brilliant egyptian campaign entered upon with a view to india was the result the elections of seventeen ninety eight which were unlike those of the previous year too radical to please the directory were annulled but those of the following year seventeen ninety nine yielded the same result meanwhile a new coalition had been formed one of the principal factors of which was russia the unpopular directory could no longer hold out against public opinion negotiations between the various parties were entered into without issue and the government at home was in great confusion when bonaparte suddenly appeared on the scene having left his oriental army in the hands of general Kleber. a conspiracy was at once formed led by the old constitutionalist Sieyès, to place dictatorial authority in the hands of the successful general the senate seduced by the report of a pretended jacobin insurrection in the departments which was to shortly reach paris consented to decree the removal of both houses of legislature to the palace of st cloud near paris and to placing bonaparte at the head of the military forces of the capital this was on the ninth of november seventeen ninety nine eighteenth brumaire seven the following day the legislature removed to st cloud the council of ancients met in the gallery of mars one of the apartments of the palace and the council of five hundred in the orangery the council of five hundred unanimously swore to the existing constitution refusing to ratify the powers given by the other body bonaparte was driven away with cries of down with the tyrant etc his brother lucien bonaparte who was president finding nothing was to be done came out and harangued the troops stating that the assembly was being intimidated by a minority of the members with drawn daggers bonaparte thus fortified then gave orders for the orangery to be cleared by the military which was immediately effected thus was the consulate founded from this to the consecration as emperor in eighteen hundred four was but a step chapter twenty five the national property the course of the revolution cannot be properly estimated without taking into consideration the results of the confiscation of the property of the nobility and clergy in the directoral constitution of seventeen ninety five number three we read article three seventy four the french nation proclaims as guarantee of public faith that after an adjudication legally consummated of the national goods whatever may be its origin the legitimate acquirer thereof cannot be dispossessed the same clause but slightly modified is introduced into the consular constitution of eighteen hundred number eight and the imperial constitution of eighteen hundred four number twelve there is more than meets the eye in these articles they are the issue and sanction of a series of transactions which established a wealthy plutocracy on the ruins of the old feudal aristocracy of france the first property to be sold was that of the church this which in a sense may be considered as having been held in trust for the poor was primarily disposed of not to benefit them but to reduce the public debt and preserve the state from financial ruin the sales began in seventeen eighty nine and the period of greatest activity was from august seventeen ninety to january seventeen ninety one french companies english companies dutch companies disputed for the spoil 
only a comparatively few lots falling to the share of the peasantry since no restriction was laid on the amount sold to any one purchaser the sales were the more easily effected inasmuch as only a small percentage of the purchase money had to be paid down when the time came for the second instalment the money for payment was naturally considering the vast extent of the purchases in most cases not available this led many of the speculators to favor the revolution and all of them to urge on the foreign war both of which would serve as an excuse for postponement war was accordingly proclaimed in april seventeen ninety two and the following august the throne was overturned after the latter event it was decided that the lands and property of the emigrant aristocrats which now came into the market should not be sold haphazard and en masse like the ecclesiastical property but should be duly apportioned into small lots which the small cultivator might hire or purchase on easy terms this concession on the part of the middle classes was however simply the result of fear of imminent foreign invasion no sooner had the armies of dumouriez driven the enemy back than the new assembly the convention announced that the partition of the public lands must be indefinitely postponed on account of the difficulty of the operation during the winter ninety two to ninety three the movable effects of the emigrants came into the possession of speculators and jobbers by means of sham sales so flagrant was the abuse that the convention had to step in but without much effect after the fall of the girondists the partition of the lands among the peasantry was again definitely ordered the second grand campaign now intervened and france was for the moment converted into one vast camp exceptional measures were the order of things all around and comparatively few small transfers were effected this did not prevent the confiscation both of the lands and movables of the nobles and suspects going on at a greater pace than ever but it was various agents of the government in the departments who made vast fortunes out of them by their clever manoeuvring two-thirds of the houses in paris were now national property the convention decreed that goods to the value of one milliard should be reserved for the citizen soldiers returned from the wars this milliard we need scarcely say remained a promise to the end of the chapter the committee of public safety early in ninety four ordered the sale of the confiscated lands to be proceeded with but while recommending that the principle of partition should be adopted did not insist upon it the net result of the new sales being that large tracts of public land were sold in the lump as before but this time they went into the possession of a new class of thieves to wit the victuallers of the armies who had already made large fortunes out of their contracts after termidor this of course went forward on a larger scale than ever robespierre through his agent st just now got a decree passed that indigent patriots should be indemnified out of the goods of the enemies of the revolution but this decree was merely procured to maintain his popularity with the people as was proved by the fact that he never so much as attempted to put it into execution the ninth of termidor arrived without the working classes of the towns having touched any of the goods of the emigrants the clergy or the suspects while the peasantry had to be satisfied with here and there a few crumbs in the shape of the partition of communal lands barere had said that they had coined money on the place de la revolution but the working classes can certainly not be accused of having shared in this ill-gotten gain thus even while the masses were nominally in power the middle classes succeeded in nobling the revolution after the insurrection of termidor the traffic in the national property proceeded more unblushingly than ever 
as soon as the maximum was abolished however the plutocracy found it even more to their interest for the moment to hocus the currency plan to purchase land at however reduced a money value by procuring a practically unlimited issue of paper they succeeded in reducing the value of the assignat to next to nothing the forestalling of the necessaries of life especially grain which was the immediate cause of the various insurrections after termidor up to that of babeuf was also a stupendous source of profit the reopening of the bourse the repudiation of the hypothèque of the assignat on the confiscated lands the latter a piece of thieving of the most impudent character followed in the natural course of things lotteries were instituted the prizes of its victory it is well known how the americans have tried for thirty years past to throw off this yoke which were the national property one deputy even had the impudence to propose to take back the lands already distributed among the peasantry but this was thought to be too risky meanwhile the victories of the armies under bonaparte opened fresh fields and pastures new for every form of swindling by means of provisioning contracts a cessation of the war would indeed have been a grievous thing for the rising plutocracy of france under the directory the exploiters flung themselves anew upon the as yet undisturbed territories everything was now in their own hands no stone was left unturned to diminish for the nonce the market value of this property the price which was paid in depreciated paper taken at the nominal value was in most cases simply farcical but all means of robbery were not yet exhausted the army contractors refused to be paid any longer in assignat but insisted on large sums being placed to their credit in the books of the national debt thus saddling themselves in perpetuity on the french people deputies government agents generals contractors engaged in a mad scramble which could make the most out of the situation the masses of france had but two purposes in their eyes to labor at home at starvation wages insufficient to support life for any but the strongest and to serve as food for powder abroad the vast territorial estates of the feudal aristocracy and the house property of the towns thus passed into the hands of another and a meaner set of lords the new middle class of france was consolidated economically and politically verily the french revolution was a success for them and now having reached the summit of their ambition it only remained to kick over the ladder which had helped them up the hearth the throne and the altar must be re-established on a new basis we must have done with revolution and all its wicked ways said they revolution must be henceforth a thing accursed but a republic no matter how safeguarded against intrusion of the common people seemed to many an insufficient guarantee under the existing circumstances for the newly created order a military dictator who knew how to smother insurrections in the berth he was the man for the situation and his name was napoleon bonaparte chapter twenty six conclusion the french revolution closes in a final and definite manner an epoch in the world's history the middle ages proper it is true came to an end with the sixteenth century but they left a kind of afterglow behind them in the shape of the centralized and quasi-absolute princedoms and monarchies which prevailed during the seventeenth and eighteenth centuries in the continuance in rural districts and the smaller towns of the old methods of industry but slightly if at all modified in the perpetuation unabated for over a century at least of medieval and renaissance superstitions and habits of thought in short 
in the survival of most of the external forms of the old world civilization decayed like the foliage of a st martin summer the conversion of the feudal hierarchies into centralized monarchies but imperfectly freed the middle classes the combined or workshop system of production had not in any marked or violent manner revolutionized industry the learning of the renaissance had to a large extent merely given a quasi-scientific and systematic shape to old habits of thought the political moral and social changes leading up to modern times were of course going on all the while and were observable to the truly observant but were not at that time of a run-and-read character the french revolution definitely closes this epoch it does even more it constitutes the dividing line between the world of to-day and all past ages whatever the revolution was scarcely over when the electric telegraph appeared on the scene at the same time the idea of the steam-engine was working in the heads of the ingenious and the closing years of the century saw the first of the new industrial machines established in the factories of the north of england new stage-coach roads canals and other improvements sprang up in all directions a couple of decades or so more and the great industry was to start the metamorphosis of human production and distribution yet another and the railway was to begin the transformation of the face of nature and the externals of human life in other directions in short from the french revolution we advanced straight by leaps and bounds to the modern world the city of paris well typifies the progress one hundred years ago in seventeen eighty nine it was unlike london which in its medieval form was destroyed by the fire of sixteen sixty six to all intents and purposes a medieval city substantially the paris of victor hugo's notre dame a city of feudal fortresses high-walled enclosures crooked narrow unpaved streets the committee of public safety in seventeen ninety three began alterations partly with the view of giving employment to distressed workmen the changes went on gradually till in eighteen fifty nine Houseman, under napoleon the third totally destroyed what remained of old paris and laid out the city in the form we see it to-day a city which would be as foreign to danton robespierre or marat as san francisco itself the paris of centuries perished in little more than fifty years what is true of paris is true of europe of the whole of existing civilization the europe of seventeen eighty nine was in the main the europe of the later middle ages of the renaissance but in the last stage of decay it had been practically dead for over two centuries and like edgar poe's hypnotized dead man it fell to pieces with a sudden convulsive awakening after proclaiming itself dead no restoration could really bring it together again the new world of our time had meanwhile grown up with its science its inventions its intense self-consciousness and placed insurmountable barriers between us and our naive and simple-minded ancestors the old merry england for example the england of the fairy ring and the maypole had passed away for ever in politics the reign of the bourgeoisie with its oppression resting on cunning and hypocrisy had shut out the possibility of an enduring reaction to the coarser and more direct methods of feudal domination there are several minor points worthy of notice afforded by the course of the french revolution one feature of the period already alluded to its perpetual reference to classical models and its somewhat mechanical attempt to make history repeat itself to reproduce the republics of ancient greece and rome in eighteenth-century france can never be left out of sight every man's head was full of plutarch's lives 
all men however little else they knew seem to have had at least a superficial schoolboy smattering of roman history almost every speech and every newspaper article of the time bristles with references to coriolanus cato cicero brutus or caesar in fact roman history was to the french revolution very much what the jewish annals contained in the bible were to the english rebellion under charles i we or rather modern science and historical criticism have changed all that we no longer look to the past as a model for the society of the present or the future the doctrine of evolution has taught us that human society like everything else is a growth and that though corresponding and analogous phases certainly do recur in history we can yet never argue back from one period to another as though there had been no intervening development or as though the economical intellectual and political conditions were substantially the same or might be made the same another point the revolution teaches us is the effective power of minorities the terror itself whatever view we may take as to its justifiability it cannot be denied was kept up for nearly two years by a comparatively small but energetic minority in all the towns of france outside this minority the jacobins there was a floating mass of inert sympathy with the object of sansculottism and a belief in the necessity of drastic measures in view of the situation beyond this again was the vast mass of inert stupidity and indifference which was effectively cowed the active enemies of the revolution were of course reduced to silence it is significant again to notice that most of the great crises were connected with affairs on the frontiers the tenth of august and the september massacres were the response to brunswick's manifesto and the march of the enemy on the capital respectively the thirty-first of may was directly brought about by the invasion of the new coalition and the disorganization of dumouriez's armies consequent on his defection finally the ninth of termidor and the abolition of the terror followed on the disappearance of the last trace of danger from the foreigner consequent on the battle of fleurus the extraordinary enthusiasm which we find the reckless readiness of all alike to inflict and to suffer death might lead us to suppose the men of the time to have been a race of born heroes or monsters or both the average of them were neither the one nor the other they were the products of social forces beyond their control the feeling of the all-importance of the public interest carried all before it prior to the revolution they were probably neither more courageous nor more truculent than ourselves the same courage and the same truculency might manifest itself in any man of character under like circumstances even robespierre was as carlyle suggests probably neither better nor worse than other attorneys to start with but in his case ambition ultimately assumed the mastery over his whole personality this was partly owing to the fact that he was undeniably a man without a vice in the ordinary sense of the word now only very exceptional men can afford to be without the ordinary vices of mankind and robespierre was certainly not one of these men with his ascetic rousseauite notions of republican austerity he had suppressed his natural appetites the consequence being that all the morbid elements in his character having no other outlet ran into the channel of self-idolatry and morbid ambition the first condition of a well-regulated man is to know how to properly distribute the quantum of vice with which a bountiful nature has endowed him a false morality teaches him to suppress it 
but this he can seldom do and if he succeeds it is at the expense of all or much that is distinctive in his character in tearing off the coating of vice he tears off his skin with it the usual case however is that the vice is not got rid of at all but only forced into some out-of-the-way channel and whatever vice is concentrated it is bad when all the vice of a character is focused on any single one of the natural appetites a man becomes a sot a satyr a glutton a confirmed gambler etc now robespierre sat upon all the usual valves he and his ascetic band poured scorn on the hébertistes and the dantonistes alike for the looseness of their lives but having closed up all the ordinary exits his vice came out none the less but concentrated in the form of a truculent remorseless ambition unparalleled in history the rank and file of the actors in the revolution it is difficult for the reasons before stated to characterize by any of the ordinary ethical standards the best of them did things we cannot always approve while sitting comfortably in our chairs the worst of them showed much genuine and disinterested devotion to the cause of the people were we called upon to name the five men whose aims were probably the purest we would mention marat chaumette clutz pache and babeuf danton apart from the disputed question of his bribery was a mere politician who only interested himself in social questions when at all in so far as they immediately affected the political situation the issue of the french revolution was as we have seen the modern world of great capital and free trade as opposed to the old world of land and privilege and all that that change implies in the storm and stress of outward events we are apt to forget the work done during the terror era by the committees of the convention administrative educational and legal work which helped to build up the modern governmental system the code napoleon itself was based on the labor of merlin de douay and his committee in france the political and juridical side of the great change was most prominent in germany the philosophical and literary in england the industrial and commercial while french politicians were engaged in establishing the republic german thinkers were engaged in founding nineteenth-century thought and english inventors in establishing the new modes of production and locomotion but while the medieval organization of society held together for centuries the modern is already showing signs of approaching disintegration why is this we answer because the latter contained from the first in its very nature the seeds of dissolution the capitalistic system of necessity feeds upon itself competition which is the breath of its life necessarily also destroys that life it may be that the opening up of africa and other as yet unexploited territories will give the system a further lease of existence lasting some decades but the end cannot in any case be a long by and by end of chapters twenty four through twenty six end of the story of the french revolution by ernest belfort bax recorded by celine major